You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Welcome to the GDPR Weekly Show, and I'm your host, Keith Budden. And as normal, I'd like to start off with a shout out to our new listeners this week. And so this week we have new listeners from London, Guildford, Bournemouth, Southampton, Colchester, Manchester, Watford, Dorchester, Sheffield, York, Hull, Blackburn, then Dublin in Ireland, Cork in Ireland, Berlin in Germany, Kalmar in Sweden, Slovakia, Tel Aviv in Israel, New Delhi in India, Tokyo in Japan, Minnesota in the US, Denver in Colorado in the USA, and Seattle in the USA. So, again, a whole range of new listeners right around the world. Big welcome to all of you. And, of course, as usual, welcome to all my regular listeners. And uh, I do appreciate you really taking 30 minutes out of your week to catch up with the latest news on GDPR and listen to the GDPR weekly show. And, as always, if you have any feedback, please send it through to podcasts at insurety.co.uk. That's E-N-S-U-R-E-T-Y dot co dot U-K, podcasts and surety dot co dot U-K. And I do read all of your comments every week, and thank you for the encouragement you keep sending through. And uh, I'm sorry I don't have time to respond to every single one, but I respond to as many as I can. So if you have any queries or any thoughts about the broadcast or anything you'd like to see covered in a future episode of the GDPR Weekly Show, then please just drop me an email podcast and surety.co.uk You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. So, coming up in this week's edition of the GDPR Weekly Show, we have uh, an article on handling uh, staff images from your Christmas party. We have an update on an appeal by Facebook against their penalty, which was imposed on them earlier in the year. We have news of a data breach from Vision Direct. We have news of a self-imposed data breach from Amazon. We have details about a new version of Firefox, the web browser, which is going to have some interesting GDPR features. We have an article on how GDPR almost cancelled Christmas for a small town in Germany. We have a look at fines across the EU and how they're different from the UK in some cases. And then finally for this week's episode we have a a brief update for you on our plans for episodes in December. Uh, taking account of the Christmas break. So, a really packed episode of the GDPR Weekly Show, coming up straight after this break. Check us out on Facebook. Just a reminder that as well as the podcast, we now have our own Facebook group. Please do pop along and see us there at https colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash groups slash GDPR Weekly Show. That's always one word, GDPR Weekly Show. And uh, do please come and join the group and follow the discussions that are going on. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. We mentioned in the last episode about 
photographs from your staff Christmas events. And we hope, of course, that you're inviting your staff along to Christmas events this year and that you'll have a great time and we'll have a lot of fun. However, do be very careful with images of your staff at those events because it's quite common practice for us as companies to take photographs of our staff enjoying themselves um, at our Christmas events or indeed other social events and then putting those photographs up onto the company Facebook page or similar or Instagram feed or whatever. Unfortunately now, unless you've explicitly included in your um, staff privacy policy that photographs of your staff may be used on your social media, then a member of staff could A, get upset at the fact that an image has appeared on social media and B, actually sue you for damages. Um, so our advice is simply don't do it. Uh, either make sure there's a very clear note that goes out with the invitation that says that photographs will be taken and may be used on the staff on the company Facebook page. And even if you do that, probably as well a, an idea to have a notice on the door into the room that you're using. Again, saying that photographs taken may be put on the staff Facebook page. And if anyone objects and doesn't want that to happen, they should let you know. So not wishing to be a party pooper, not at all. Hope everybody has a great party, but just hoping that this helps keep you on the right side of the regulations as far as GDPR is concerned. So no consent, no photo. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. It comes no great surprise, probably, for you to learn that Facebook is fighting the £500,000 fine it received from the British ICO over the Cambridge Analytica scandal, uh, which we've covered several times in previous episodes of the GDPR Weekly Show. So if you want to catch up on the full story, please do check back and listen to some of the previous episodes. Uh, all the previous episodes are available either on our website at uh, www.insurety.co.uk forward slash podcasts or they're also available on iTunes um, or other popular uh, podcast libraries including Stitcher. Anyway, back to Facebook. They are contesting the £500,000 fine. The social network has appealed the fine on the grounds that the regulator was unable to prove that UK users' personal data had been shared inappropriately. Now, it seems a little bit fanciful to me, given that in the initial reports, 1.1 million UK-based Facebook users have had their details exposed. I think it's probably unlikely that Facebook are going to make this appeal stand up, but it's no great surprise that they did try and appeal, or they have tried to appeal. Um, and their argument is, is that there is no definitive proof that UK users' personal data have been shared inappropriately and therefore the penalty is unjustified. So we wait to see what happens on this. It will doubtless end up going back now to the Court of Appeal and we will see what happens and we'll keep you updated in future episodes of the GDPR Weekly Show. 
You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. News of the first of a couple of data breaches this week. Uh, the first involves the optician Vision Direct. Uh, Vision Direct says a hack attack has exposed thousands of its customers' personal data, including payment card numbers, expiry dates, and crucially, yet again, the CVV numbers, the three digits off the back of the card. The contact lens retailer said anyone who had entered their details onto its site between the 3rd and the 8th of November 2018 could be affected. So if that's you, um, please be aware that you may have had your data compromised. It added that it had so far identified 16,300 people as being at risk. It's thought that the data breach occurred when a fake Google Analytics script was placed within the code of the website. And instead of feeding data to Google Analytics, it was feeding data to um, a, another third party who shouldn't have had access to the data. The company's UK site was involved, as well as its sites for Ireland, the Netherlands, France, Spain, Italy and Belgium. So quite a widespread data breach across Europe. A spokeswoman for Vision Direct said that 6,600 customers were believed to have had details including financial data compromised and a further 9,700 had had their personal data compromised but not their credit card details. She added that this particular breach is known as shoplift and was already known to the Vision Direct technology team who installed a patch provided by their web platform provider to prevent this form of malware. Unfortunately, this current incident appears to be a derivative of the original script against which the patch was ineffective. Vision Direct say they are continuing to investigate the breach and have made numerous steps to ensure that a similar breach doesn't happen in the future. It's the exposure of CVV numbers again, the number on the back of the child, which is a particular concern in this case, and I would imagine is likely to lead to Vision Direct receiving a penalty from the ICO, because with the CVV number, together with the number on the front of the child and the expiry date, um, a criminal has all the information they need to be able to use your credit card or your debit card as if it were you. Uh, Vision Direct describes itself as Europe's biggest online seller of contact lenses and eye care products. They're recommending that you, uh, if you use the same password on Vision Direct as you use on other sites, to make sure that you change your password, not just on Vision Direct, but on other sites too. The full details are not still being uh, assessed and it's not yet known whether if you used PayPal on their site during that time whether your details would have been stolen or not but the total details stolen are full name, billing address, email address, password, telephone number and payment card information including the card number, the expiry date and the CVV. And so Vision Rights say the problem is now fixed 
uh, but the ICO are investigating and doubtless the ICO will give us an update in due course and as soon as we have an update we will of course bring it to you in a future edition of the GDPR weekly show so just a quick reminder that if you've used Vision Direct between the 3rd and the 8th of November 2018 then your data may well have been compromised You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Of course, the big event this week has been Black Friday. And two days before Black Friday, on Wednesday, Amazon uh, suffered a self-inflicted data breach. Uh, The e-commerce giant said that the issue was not a breach of its website or indeed any of its systems, but a technical error which had meant that customers' names and email addresses were inadvertently posted onto the Amazon website. In a short statement, Amazon said we have fixed the issue and informed customers who may have been infected, uh, or may have been impacted rather. But it's obviously very embarrassing for Amazon for this to happen just two days before Black Friday. Um, Amazon said that our website inadvertently disclosed clients' email addresses or names and email addresses due to a technical error. The issue has now been fixed. This is not a result of anything any user did, and there is no need for any user to change their password or take any other action. All impacted customers have been contacted. They went on to add that Amazon takes all security-related matters very seriously, and account security is their top priority. We have policies and security measures in place to ensure your personal information remains secure. Well, well done Amazon, but obviously it failed in this instance because if their policies were really good, it wouldn't have allowed the data to get onto the uh, website in the first place. But that's an aside. Um, It does, though, bring home to everyone, hopefully, the importance of having good Uh, security procedures and good data breach procedures and if you need any help with those for your own organisation then please do not hesitate to get in touch with us just drop us an email at podcasts.insurity.co.uk or go to our website at www.insurity.co.uk that's e-n-s-u-r-e-t-y.co.uk and you can find all the information there on how we can help you anyway back to Amazon Um, the timing of the breach could not have been worse two days before uh, Black Friday, and of course in the US one day before Thanksgiving. And in the UK now, of course, you know, Black Friday is having more and more of an effect, although the early stats seem to show this year that the transactions were up, total transaction value was down, so perhaps that gives an indication of customer... um, nervousness in spending at the moment, consumer nervousness in spending. Um, Amazon have not yet said whether they have reported this latest breach, self-imposed data breach, to the Information Commissioner's Office and we couldn't get hold of anybody at the Information Commissioner's Office for comment before producing this episode of the weekly show. But if we hear back from the ICO by next week's episode of the GDPR weekly show or indeed we have any more feedback from Amazon, then we will, of course, um, bring that to you in a future edition of the GDPR Weekly Show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Those of you who have attended one of our training sessions or 
have taken our online training at www.gdprtrainingcourse.co.uk will know that we've long emphasised that it's not necessarily the financial penalties that you need to worry about with GDPR, although of course the financial penalties are there and uh, they're deliberately to act as a deterrent, but also worry about damage to reputation and something which uh, may start to have an effect on that is that the latest version of Firefox, which they're drawing Quantum, uh, displays a warning if you visit a site from a company that has previously had a GDPR data breach. Uh, these warnings are designed to alert people about possible concerns and suggest they check their email to see if it's been part of a breach. And obviously it could potentially deter someone from using your site if they go to your site in Firefox and the first thing they see is a warning that in the past you've had a data breach. Um, this service has been available for a while via a service called Firefox Monitor, but where previously people had to specifically go and install Firefox Monitor, and I have absolutely no idea how many people have or haven't, um, they don't need to anymore. It's now standard within Firefox. And I think that it could be the beginning of a trend and perhaps indicate why good GDPR compliance, having good policies in place is so important. Because as an example that I've seen is that when someone goes to the site, um, Firefox immediately pops up a, a pop-up that says, do you have an account on this site? More than however many sites have been uh, compromised on this site in 2018, or presumably it will say 2009 time, um, check Firefox Monitor to see if you could be at risk. And I think, you know, if someone goes onto a site like that, so I think a lot of casual users particularly are going to look at probably like the ones that you can go on at the moment that say, you know, warning this site has spyware. I think it's going to have the same impact and will actually just drive potential clients away. So, Obviously, the way to avoid that happening is to make sure you don't have any data breaches in the first place. Um, but perhaps it emphasises, as I say, what we've been saying for best part of a year now, which is to not worry so much about the financial implications of GDPR, worry about the effect on your reputation and the fact that you know it could have a financial impact far bigger than the fine simply by deterring people from using your website. Now, at the moment, Firefox are the only people to be doing this, but doubtless uh, others will follow. I would be not at all surprised to see Chrome and Edge and probably Safari um, also adopting this technology at some point in 2019. So if you don't have good data breach procedures in place, now is your time to think about getting them there and ready for the new year. Check us out on Facebook. We started this episode of the GDPR Weekly Show with a warning about GDPR and staff Christmas party photos. And we also became aware this week of a episode in Germany which just goes to show that you need to be aware how GDPR 
affects paper documents every bit as much as it does electronic ones. And again, if you've attended our training, you'll be well aware of that. But just in case you've not attended our training, GDPR isn't just about electronic records. It's not just about computer records. It's about paper records too. And in this particular German town, it caused a problem. And this is something you might want to think about again in things that you might be doing, in, in, not perhaps you yourself, but in your school or your college or your secret Santa or any of those sort of things. Because a German town has uh, long had the tradition, the, the town of Roth has long had the tradition of children being able to put their Christmas wishes to Father Christmas on a tree in the Christmas market, attach it to the tree, and the city council would then attempt to fulfil those wishes. And the form for the wishes included the name and address of the children who wrote them. Now, of course, this presents a problem because when the notes are hanging on the tree, the names and addresses of the children are there accessible to anyone. And so it's the same sort of logic with GDPR that says, and I hope you're all doing this, by the way, that says that, you know, if you put staff, if you put letters that are complementing what you're doing onto the staff notice board or public notice board in the corridor, and lots of companies and stores and torridors and so on do this, make sure you've redacted the addresses and the signatures and the name of the person that it's from, because otherwise you're actually breaching GDPR. And this was the same story on this Christmas tree. And this seemed a real shame, because previous requests had included people wanting a trip to the fire station, people wanting a trip to see the mayor, people wanting books. And this whole episode of putting these notes onto the tree is a major highlight for the local children in Roth. And it seemed a real shame that they couldn't do it. But in 2016, because... Um, Germany adopted some parts of GDPR earlier than we did. They had to stop doing it. And providing proof was deemed to be too onerous by the council. And so the city decided that festive wish lists for 2018 just couldn't happen. And that seemed a real, real shame. But local radio station Anten Bayern found a solution. It created a wish list which included a parental consent disclaimer, which can be printed from the website and put in the wishing box at the Christmas market, which opens on Thursday. So the wishes now aren't on the tree. Well, they're near the tree, but they're not displayed physically on the tree. And also they've got consent to share the name and address of the child. Um, and perhaps it just goes to show the sort of unintended consequences in some ways of GDPR. I mean, I'm sure when the legislators in the EU sat down and put GDPR together, they didn't actually want to stop children enjoying their Christmas treats of putting lists on the tree. Um, but this seems like a very good compromise, a very good bit of thinking about how to get around the problem. And uh, we commend the local radio station, Anten Bayern, for their solution. But it does perhaps indicate things that we might all need to think about as potential GDPR problems, which may not at first hit us as being a problem. So just think about anything that you're doing this festive period, whether it's with your uh, business, whether it's with your school, your college, whether it's with your local church. 
um, just think about what you're doing where there might be potentially a breach of GDPR and then think what you can do to get around it and perhaps a closed box with a you know just a slot in the lid like an election box um, with a consent box a tick box consent on the form as well just gets around the problem with reasonably minimal effort anyway the good news for the children of Rolf Roth is that all their wishes will get to Father Christmas this year and I'm sure we'll wish all the children, wherever they are, that their wishes get to Father Christmas. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. We're staying in Germany for our final story this week. Um, the German ICO has just imposed its first significant fine under GDPR. And it's perhaps noticeable, and this is something, again, which we mentioned in our training, how different European regimes, although they're all following the same rules of GDPR, actually take a different approach when it comes to penalties, because, you know, we've now had several significant penalties here in the UK. But this is an example where the German ICO is taking a slightly different line, because there's an adult chat platform in... Germany called Nuddles.de and the chat platform at Nuddles suffered a data breach and resulted in the leaking of about 808,000 emails and over 1.8 million usernames and passwords. Uh, A member of staff said at the time that the incident affected all users who had an account or username on the chat platform on July the 20th, 2018. According to a post from another team member, 330,000 of the leaked email addresses were verified. And once Nuddles learned of the leaks, it improved security measures, alerted the users and reset everyone's password. It was later discovered that the website did not apply any form of protection for sensitive information such as passwords and just stored them as plain text. Now, it's interesting to see how Germany reacted to this, because I think in the UK, if this organisation had lost 808,000 email addresses, I think it would have received quite a substantial fine. Probably, I don't know, the order of at least, I would think, £150,000, In this particular example in Germany, the German ICO has imposed a fine of €20,000. To put that in context, remember I was talking about £150,000. Well, if this had been in pounds, it would have been around £18,000. Which is quite incredible that it's that low compared to what you'd expect it to be in the UK. Now, in their defence, or in their explanation, should say, when we spoke to them, the German ICO said that Nuddles had acted quickly and they'd failed to comply with just the data security norm that the uh, password should be encrypted. 
but they found that they had been, Nuddles had been very uh, transparent. They'd been quick to respond once the ICO had contacted them. And so the ICO felt that the uh, penalty was appropriate. And I think it's those days of show, one thing that we were talking about oh, a long, long time ago now, but how different European legislations are looking at different levels of fine. And why, if you are based in more than one country or you have operations in more than one country within the EU, then it is worth considering which ICO you, you make your main ICO because as in this example, it looks like that if you have operations in Germany and in the UK, it might make sense to actually register with the German ICO, because if this is setting any sort of benchmark, then their fee penalty structure looks to be considerably more lax than it is here in the UK. Now, of course, this is only one case, and it's we shouldn't draw too many conclusions from one case, but we will be keeping an eye on future fines and penalties from the German ICO just to see whether this is a uh, an outrider or whether it actually does indi indicate a trend of them having much lower fines in Germany than in the UK. And uh, we'll keep you updated on that in future editions of the GDPR Weekly Show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. As we approach Christmas, uh, just a note on our plans for Christmas editions of, or editions of the GDPR Weekly Show in December. We're planning to have normal uh, editions of the show on next Sunday, the 2nd. Sunday the 9th and Sunday the 16th and in most cases it's available on the uh, podcast platforms on the following Monday but we were then on the 23rd or 24th of uh, December be having our special Christmas edition which be possibly a little more light-hearted than our normal weekly show and then after 24th of December we'll be taking a break and we'll be back on the 6th of January. Uh, so there won't be an additional GDPR weekly show uh, in the gap between Christmas and New Year because we'll be taking a few days off ourselves to uh, have some family time. And I hope everyone has a great Christmas. I will remind you of this as we get nearer to Christmas, but I thought it was worth just letting people know what our plans were for uh, episodes of the GDPR weekly show during December and we hope to have a couple of interviews lined up during December as well. In fact, I know for certain we have one and uh, I'm hoping that we'll have two. And I'll update you on those in next week's show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. I hope you found it useful. I hope you found it entertaining. Please do let me know. Let me have your feedback by sending an email to podcast.insurity.co.uk. You can find out more about us and Insurity at www.insurity.co.uk. And I look forward to speaking to you again 
same time, same place, next week. Have a good week, everybody, and remember to keep your data safe. Check us out on Facebook. The GDPR Weekly Show is an insurability production. Follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash insurity.